It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Diz Radio, and the Diz Radio Show. And we are jumping into Memorial Weekend. That's right, that time of the year when we're taking the most important time, remembering all those fallen soldiers, and remembering them and everything they've done for our country. In addition, it's also a time when we're kicking off our camping season, having those picnics with our families, our loved ones, and spending time with all of our friends, families, you name it. And to help us celebrate this week is somebody that is no stranger to family, friends, and entertaining many people because we have none other than Aaron Fector stepping in here at the show. Now, Aaron, you may know as the inventor and creator of the Whack-A-Mole. Yes, that wonderful game you love playing at carnivals, inside arcades, and so much more. He is also the creator and inventor Yes, of the Rock of Fire Explosion. Now, for some of you that are older, you may remember the Rock of Fire Explosion from the great days of Showbiz Pizza Place. Now, that is pre-Chuck E. Cheese. That is the day when you would go have fun, all kinds of things, and you would see the Rock of Fire Explosion, Billy Bob, and so many other characters singing and doing so much things that animatronics just bringing them to life. And Aaron was the creator of all these beloved characters that have a resurgence now, and everybody is loving them, bringing them back to life all these years later, and of course, even things like on Gravity Falls, you have seen parodies of the Rock of Fire Explosion and Showbiz Pizza on there as well. In addition, no show would be complete without the D-Team. That's right. The D-Team is the one that truly makes the magic happen, and you have the questions, he has the answers, and Aaron is going to answer all your questions, and I want to know. We also have the Short Leash, with more tips and tricks to make the most out of your Walt Disney World vacation when you're short on time and short on money in the Short Leash with Dominic. You want the latest from the Disney Parks? We have Disney Parks in 5 with Alexa. And let's not forget the latest with Disney Multimedia and more for your Android, your iPhones, and all kinds of devices with Randy with Disney Multimedia. And let's not forget the final, the one with the wit, the wisdom, the one that's going to help us never forget. And we have Frank with the Disney quote of the week. We have all kinds of news hot off the D-wire and all kinds of fun as we are gearing up for somebody that I am excited to talk to. Somebody that I know has tons of stories. Somebody that knows animatronics, motion. And for all of you Disney fans, you love animatronics. You love shows like the Country Bear Jamboree, Pirates of the Caribbean, and so much more. So you are going to love Aaron stopping in here this week. So before I jump into this week's show, I do want to mention that Diz Radio is probably sponsored by Castle and Dreams Travel. And Castle and Dreams Travel is a 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, prepare, and make the most magical vacation that you could possibly have from dining reservations, character interactions, fast passes, you name it. They're going to hold your hand and walk you through the process and treat you like family. They also have bilingual experts to help you with any language barriers that you could possibly have. They are accredited, award-winning, and so much more. So definitely check them out. Castle and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor 
of Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, with that said, I am super excited to get this one started. I mean, the Rock of Fire explosion played a huge part in my life growing up. My kids have now discovered who Billy Bob and the Rock of Fire is, so I am excited for this one. So before we head off on our Memorial Day camping trip, yes, you guys know me and camping. All of you D-heads know I love to go camping with my family, and we're kicking off our trip here this weekend. So before I jump into that trip, we are going to have a fun romp here at Diz Radio. So let's get ready for the great outdoors, Memorial Weekend, and so much more. So let's officially kick off show number 212 for the week of May 24th, 2016. All right, one, two, three. Yeah. Yeah. If you've just been wishing I'd go in fishing and you're still on the shore, grab your camping gear and meet us right here. Got all kinds of fun in store. It's time for a vacation, for some rest and relaxation. Get your cares and join our fairs and pray out Ain't nothing like the great outdoors to ease your soul. Ain't nothing like the great outdoors to keep you from growing old. If your mind's been hazy and you're feeling lazy and down on all fours, then join us bears and suck up some air in the great outdoors. Welcome to the Country Bear Vacation Holdout. Got out my old camp t-shirt. Still fits, kinda, and I'm raring to go. How about you, boys? Just lead the way, Henry. All right. Melvin. Wake up! <laughs> the way you're always hibernating, you must be part bear. Oh, hey, I'm only part moose as it is. Here we go! Us bears, we do love nature and tramping through the woods. Us bears, we do love fishing every hour if we could. Us bears, we do love singing in country harmony. And if y'all won't join us, we'll chase you up a tree. Now that's real country. Cooper. And their dealings with pressed envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that. So just the other day, my dad says, Hey guys, let's have pizza. Then he asked me what I want on the pizza. So I said, Everything. Lots of cheese, pepperoni, spaceships, cars, balls, a helicopter, mushrooms, slide, floss, keyboards, race cars, robots, games, hoops, a bear. You know, it works. They got the picture. Showbiz Pizza, where a kid can be a kid. Hi, this is Cal David, the voice of Sunny Eclipse, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. Everything is great. Everything is grand I got the whole wide world in the palm of my hand Everything is perfect, it's falling into place I can't seem to wipe this smile off my face Life's a happy song And there's someone by my side to sing along When you're alone, life can be a little rough It makes you feel like you're three foot tall When it's just you, well times can be tough when there's no one there to catch your fall Everything is great, everything is grand I got the whole wide world in the palm of my hand Everything is perfect, it's falling into place I can't seem to wipe this smile off my face Life smells like a rose With someone to paint and someone to pose Life's a piece of cake with someone to pedal, someone to break Life is full of glee With someone to saw, someone to see Life's a happy song When there's someone by my side to sing along 
everything that I need right in front of me. Nothing's stopping me. Nothing that I can't be with you right here next to me. Life's a piece of cake with someone to give and someone to take. Life's a piece of pie with someone to wash, and someone to dry. Life's an easy road with someone beside you to share the load. Life is full of highs with someone to stir and someone to fry. Life's a leg of lamb. Fillin' a fish. Hey, yes it is. Life's a happy song with someone by your side to sing Super excited. Oh, this is the most romantic thing ever. I've always dreamt of seeing Los Angeles. I know, Walter can't wait either. You don't mind that he's coming, right? Um, no, no, of course not. As long as we can spend our anniversary dinner together, that's all I ask. Let me go check on Walter. Everything's great, everything's grand. Except Gary's always off with his friend. It's never me and him, it's always me and him and him. Wonder when it's going to end, but I guess that's okay. Cause maybe someday I know just how it's going to be. You're at a bomb steed, get down on one knee and say, Mary, will you marry me? Listening to Disney on Demand. Wow, it's dark in here. Wow, and now it's too bright. Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. Kari, Kari McKean. It's like Carrie only with a K instead of a C and an A instead of an E and only one R and an I instead of an I. It's Disney on Demand. Well, it started out like any normal sitting gig, you know, with the reassuring of the parent and all. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. I just wish I could forget the whole thing. You will, kid. You will. All right, all you D-heads, I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 212 for the week of May 24th, 2018, as we are getting ready to go down to 
animatronic history, a place that I remember so well as a kid as we have Aaron Fector stopping in here very shortly. As I mentioned, the inventor of the whack-a-mole, of course, the inventor and creator of my favorite showbiz pizza place attraction, the Rockafire Explosion and Billy Bob, and so much more, including his newest video game, Bashy Bug, and all kinds of things. We also have the D team stopping in here with Aaron, Randy, Alexa, Frank, Dominic, and so much more. So before we officially jump into this week's show and keep the ball rolling here in true animatronic form, I do want to mention all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit the official website at dizradio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. Com. There you can find our fullest past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at dizradio.com, D-I-Z radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com slash show. That's D-I-Z radio, S-H-O-W. You can also join our D-Wire Disney discussion group on Facebook as well. And for all of you looking for mental health, physical health, maybe it's running, martial arts, jogging, weight loss, you just want to be mentally healthy, walking the dog playing sports, you name it, you can join the Diz Ninjas. Yes, our Disney health group. Yes, and you can find that on Facebook as well. Just search Diz Ninjas, D-I-Z-N-I-N-J-A-S. And you can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places. Just search Disney On Demand, Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U, or Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, all of which are going to help you find our fun, unique, quirky, magical different kind of Disney show. And if you want to stay connected instantly, yes, I always say this, but you're itching, you're in your cubicle, you're driving with your family, you really want the latest shows, all you have to do is go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio. It is that simple. Search Disney Blue, Disney On Demand, or Diz Radio and hit subscribe right there. You can get the latest shows as they get released on your iPhone, your Android, the tablet of your choosing, the listening device that you want to, you name it. You can get the latest shows as they get released and hear the D-Team, our special guests, and even me rambling week in and week out as soon as they get released. And if you can't remember any of these links, all you have to do is go to DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio. Com and find all these links there as well. So all of you D-heads, with that out of the way, it is time to press into this week's show. Now last week I did promise you a little bit of news, but I know Aaron and I are going to have so many things to talk about. There's so many questions that I could ask about the Rockefeller Explosion, animatronics, showbiz pizza, I mean just so many different things. But just so that way I didn't let you down, I am going to give you a little bit of news and how about personalized Disney books for kids is putting them right in the action by saving the day with their favorite characters that they know and love. Yes, Disney has been inspiring children and adults, as we all know, for over a hundred years. Now with groundbreaking full-length animation motion pictures, the next step, of course, is bringing that into your hands. Into your hands, reading it, putting these books together. And now KD Novelties is excited to announce this last week that they have a business partnership with Signature Gifts Publishing Worldwide that is going towards offering customers personalized Disney books with popular characters that kids already know. Now, KD Novelties, now KD Novelties is a leading New York-based private publishing company that established itself with the primary aim of offering its customers the most unique, stimulating, and educating assortment of personalized children's books, including the addition of popular Disney's books. Now, as they have released so far, in order to achieve this great objective, the publishing company gathered the most talented and experienced veterans in the publishing industry, coupled with the most state-of-the-art advanced technology in printing and the industry, and it is making for a great combination. Now, the team of talented veterans at Katie Novelties has taken pride, and now you can go into so many different things. Now, many of the personalized Disney books are ranging from Frozen, 
Mickey Mouse, Disney Princesses, Avengers, and even their brand newest edition, Black Panther to the mix. Now you can get your child's name into the story and so much more. It is truly fun, memorable. There's nothing more than having your child open up the book and they are in the story. They are the ones helping make it happen. They are the ones making that energy and so much more. Now, as they have officially released on their website, they said our collection of innovative personalized books are unique in that they promote literacy while making the children the star of their very own story. Now, our stories build self-esteem in children as they become the heroes saving the day in these personalized books and stories. Now, this partnership will help us expand our product line with characters that kids know and love while promoting literacy and making them the star of their favorite characters. So this is just a great way to do things. I mean, my kids love to read, but sadly, a lot of kids don't. I mean, there's such short attention spans. Movies lack in true substance sometimes because the kids don't follow the story. They get bored. They're not reading. So this is truly great. If you want to find out more about getting your child's uh, book ordered in time for that birthday, you name it, you can go to KD, that's the letter K, the letter D, novelties.com. Now, moving along here, let's get into the parks, something that we all love here. And how about Disneyland Resort is giving guests an extra treat this year, as there is more days than ever to celebrate Halloween time at Disneyland and Disney California Adventure Parks. Yes, everybody loves Halloween time at the Disneyland Resort. I love Halloween in general. You D-heads know that. Listen to all of our not-so-scary Halloween shows every October. Now, the Disneyland Resort is returning for more spectacular days, as they put it, than ever before. And this year... They are kicking off the season super early. It is going to range from September 7th through October 31st, 2018. That is a crazy number. That is almost just shy of two full months of Halloween fun. Now, Erie Encounters and Fiendish Fun are waiting guests at Disneyland and California Adventure as they're going to have a lot of great things from Disney villains, happy haunts, and many other things. And Every time I say happy haunts, I just want to sing, they will materialize. But they are going to have some good things, including Mickey's Halloween party. That's going to return with 15 nights of after-hours fun. Everybody loves the Halloween party. But things, if you're not going to the Halloween party, there are so many other things that they are going to have. At California Adventure, they're going to have Cars Land. It's going to get all decked out again as Radiator Screams. And they're going to have a lot of fun there, including the special Halloween makeover. Yes, Hall, H-A-U-L. And guests are also going to encounter Lightning McQueen, Made Cruise Red DJ in the costume as they get ready to go trunk or treating. Yeah, seriously, you just you gotta love the puns, right? You gotta love the puns. Now they're also gonna have Mater's Graveyard Jamboree and Luigi's Rockin' Roadsters is going to get a seasonal twist and become Luigi's Honkin' Halloween. Now Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout is going to get the best. It is going to be transformed nightly into Guardians of the Galaxy Monsters After Dark, bringing a Halloween adventure to the popular attraction. Now, at Disneyland, of course, we all know they're going to have the jack-o'-lanterns, the pumpkins, the fun, the Halloween party, and, of course, the Haunted Mansion holiday is going to be back with everybody's favorite, inspired by the Nightmare Before Christmas, including Space Mountain Ghost Galaxy, and, of course, the Headless Horseman of Sleepy Hollow is going to take his ride with a frightfully fun parade every night and so much more. So now you can get ready. September 7th through October 31st, 2018, more days than ever. And if you're looking to book a trip, just definitely check it out. So much fun. And if you want to get the full rundown of everything that I didn't mention, just go to Disneyland.com slash Halloween. 
Now, all of you D-heads, that's all the news I'm going to give you. I kept my word. I gave you some news here this week, but we have Aaron Fector stopping in and Showbiz Pizza's Rock of Fire Explosion. I can't go in to tell you the memories, the fun. I had birthday parties at these events, and they were things that I just truly loved. You'd go there, you'd eat the pizza, you'd watch the shows, and it was like having a Disney uh, attraction right there in your hometown while you're eating pizza. My memories of the Rock of Fire are just beyond belief. It is one of those moments that I will always cherish and carry with me. And I'm passing that on to my children as well. They have their own memories, things that we do as well, but they have also been introduced to the Rock of Fire explosion as well because you look at things like Gravity Falls on Disney XD and they went ahead and had a Rock of Fire parody on there. And come on, Five Nights at Freddy's? It is a true Rock of Fire explosion knockoff, right? I mean, come on, seriously. Anyone that's going to tell me otherwise, it is definitely highly, highly inspired by the Rock of Fire explosion. So I am so excited for this. And then, you know, that's one of those things going into this weekend. I'll be making memories this weekend with my family, with my children, hanging out, swinging in my uh, hammock, uh, just camping away from all technology and things in the woods, just, you know, just literally just letting life go, making those memories. But also with those memories comes other things. Maybe you're going on a picnic, or maybe you're taking your children to Chuck E. Cheese, or you're going to some kind of place that you love. These are the kind of memories like for me, going to showbiz was as a kid. These are memories that you never forget. You always have to remember that magic and more. So all of you D-heads, enough of my rambling. I am excited here. We have more coming from the D-team. You have the questions. Aaron always has the answers and I want to know. We have Disney's quote of the week, giving you that little bit of wit and inspiration with Frank. We have more tips and tricks with the short leash from Dominic. And let's not forget Randy with the latest in Disney multimedia for your iPhone, your Android, your tablets, your computers, you name it. And of course, let's not forget the latest from the parks with Alexa with Disney Parks in 5. And yes, we still have Aaron stopping in here very shortly. So let's get ready. Let's press on. Show number 212 for the week of May 24th, 2018. And like I said before, take that time, slow down, never neglect family for business, and always, always remember that magic of childhood and remember passing on the magic to your children.
Come forward. Thank you. Step right up. Come forward, please. Fill these rooms. No! In. Thank you. And if you'll please step forward, fill the rows in the front row. Down front. Thank you. For your safety, I've invented rails for you to lean on. I call them lean rails. Please do not sit on the lean rails, because they're there to lean on. And please don't sit on the floor. My studies show that you can't experience time travel on the floor. And it's not a pretty picture in those shorts. Hey, Tinselhead, pipe down! I'm trying to work here! All right! Ladies and gentlemen, esteemed guests, and those of you wearing the funny animal hats, welcome! The reason I've gathered you here today is to witness the exploration of the next great frontier, courtesy of my own incredible time machine. Patent pending, off of order, period of long. Hey, timekeeper! What? What am I in here, scrap metal? Come on, introduce me! Oh, pardon moi. I'd like you all to meet my assistant. She's bold, she's brassy, she's self-contained all the way from Cleveland, Ohio. Please welcome the self-programming circumvisual photo droid. Let's say hello! Nine I. Hello, folks. Grab onto your lean rails. We're about to break the time barrier. That's right, my friends. No longer are we limited to traveling from place to place and losing our bags beforehand. Now, with my time machine, it is possible to travel from time to time. Enough explaining. Hit the switch, baby. We're almost ready to go. You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey, D-Heads, this is Aaron, and it's time again for another installment of I Want to Know. 
Well, it's hard to believe, but Thursday is the last day of the school year for my son Eli. I can't believe he will be in junior high next year, a 7th grader. Where does the time go, my fellow parents? Hope all is well with all you D-heads out there, and that your summer will soon be kicking off. Well, the virtual mailbag is full, so let's reach in and see what questions we have for this week. Well, our first question is from Jesse Valinsky of Atlanta, Georgia, and she writes, Aaron and Diz Radio, I have been listening to many Disney podcasts for years and found yours around show 105. I love it. Over the years, I got to thinking about some of the older things at the parks. I know you've probably answered a ton of Country Bear Jamboree questions, so hopefully this is a new one, and if not, I apologize. I remember an old TV show showing how the bears were made. I am positive I saw it in the late 80s, but I just can't recall it for the life of me in order to find it anywhere to watch again. It showed how they moved, the music, and all kinds of stuff. Any thoughts? Also, do they still sell Big Owl toys at the parks? I'm going in October and really want one. Thank you. Well, I think the show you're referring to is called The Grand Opening of Walt Disney World from 1971. It's about all I could find out there that had any country bears in it that was on a TV special. As far as the Big Owl merchandise, I'm sure you can still find some Big Owl somewhere in the parks. Well, our next question is from Gregory Tippin of Michigan, and he writes, I want to know, Zarin, question for you regarding the Disney movie Smart House. Is it available on DVD or Blu-ray? And since this was the day before smart home devices really existed, what are your thoughts on how Disney tackled this light years before it actually happened? Well, Smart House is a 1999 Disney Channel original movie. After the death of his mother, 13-year-old Ben takes it upon himself to take care of the household, and he, his single father Nick, and his little sister Angie are struggling to balance household chores, school, and work. Ben enters a competition to win a smart house, which will take care of all their needs via computer. The family wins the house, named Pat, and moves in and are introduced to its creator, Sarah Barnes. Nick and Sarah begin dating, which upsets Ben, who has not gotten over the death of his mother. Ben decides to reprogram Pat to serve as a maternal figure, and the computer uses its learning capabilities to emulate mothers from TV shows and films. And yes, they got a lot of smart devices right in the movie that we use today. In Smart House, the family relied on the voice-powered smart assistant to delegate tasks, which is almost exactly how it works today. Today we call it Alexa or Google Home. Both Smart House and today's smart home devices support voice commands for controlling the temperature in your home. Asking an intercom system to relay messages around the house for you is something you can actually do today. Today's assistants, like the one in Smart House, can make selections and decisions based on your request. Smart home devices can send messages to your contacts without you needing to pick up a phone, and they can turn the lights on and off or dim them or turn on colored lighting with just your voice. And we know that you can play music based on your mood, set personal alarms, and even have your coffee ready for you in the morning. And like in Smart House, Smart Homes can even keep your pet occupied while you're busy. 
and we can make video calls now, and we can play motion control video games. Smart House also correctly predicted automatic locks on your doors. Well, they got quite a bit right, and that's pretty amazing. The movie can be found on DVD and is available to stream on Amazon. Well, our final question this week is from Yvette Query from Nebraska, and she writes, Diz Radio and the D-Teams Aaron from I Want to Know. I love your show and learn so much and get introduced to so many things from Disney I never knew existed. Thank you for that. I was recently at the parks and I know animatronics play a huge role in the old school attractions. I think I remember one that had a pretty interactive robot, but no clue what it was. I only kind of remember it from my childhood. The robot's voice sounds super familiar to me and he moved really well where I thought he was legit and real. Thought so I can relive this again. Well, I think you're remembering The Timekeeper with Robin Williams. The Timekeeper was a 1992 Circle Vision 360 film that was presented at three Disney parks around the world. It was the first Circle Vision show that was arranged and filmed with an actual plot and not just visions of landscapes, and the first to utilize audio animatronics. The film featured a cast of European film actors of France, Italy, Belgium, Russia, and England. The film was shown in highly stylized circular theaters and featured historic and futuristic details both on the interior and exterior. The timekeeper marked the first time that the Circle Vision film process was used to deliver a narrative storyline. This required a concept to explain the unusual visual characteristics of the theater, hence the character Nine-Eye. Nine-Eye was sent through time by the timekeeper so she could send back the surrounding images as she recorded them in whatever era she found herself in. Well, I hope this is the show you're remembering, and you can check it out on YouTube. There's some great videos on there to watch. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for a great question to keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and see so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads. Ben Cooper has just won a computerized home for his family. We won! Complete with a cyber housekeeper programmed by the clever inventor Sarah Barnes. But when Dad starts dating her, emotions run haywire. I don't want anyone to get the idea that we need a new mom. And Ben's not the only one threatened. You can't be our mother, Pat. You're not real. So? Now this smart family has to pull together to deprogram a very smart house. It's Disney Channel's original movie, Smart House. Tomorrow at 8, 7 central on Disney Channel. Hey, it's Ernie Reyes Jr. here from Sidekicks, Ninja Turtles, and Surf Ninjas, and you're listening to Diz Radio. Hey, everybody. This is Alexa coming at you again with this week's episode of Disney Parks in 5. Starting off in Walt Disney World, there are six new magic spots, places where you can take pictures with your favorite characters digitally added next to you later on. Many of these magic shots are only offered in locations that are covered intermittently by photographers who continuously roam all around the parks to capture memories rather than staying stationed in one place. But they are extremely fun. These locations include 
in front of the casting agency door near the Disney Clothiers on Main Street USA at the Magic Kingdom, near Dumbo the Flying Elephant at Magic Kingdom, near the Mad Tea Party at Magic Kingdom, in the Maharaja Jungle Trek in front of the sign at Disney's Animal Kingdom, right near up a great bird adventure in Asia at Disney's Animal Kingdom, Disney's Polynesian Village Resort and Rafiki's Planet Watch, as well as select Discovery Island locations at Disney's Animal Kingdom. So be sure to check those out. On May 19th, 2018, the doors of the Wine Bar George at Disney Springs officially opened at 5 p.m. and the first glass of wine was poured at the grand opening. The next day, on May 20th, it opened for its normal daily service hours from 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. The restaurant is named after George Millie Oates. I probably said that wrong. A master some sommelier one of only 249 in the world. The 200-seat wine bar is centrally located at the landing. It is the only wine bar in Florida owned by a master sommelier and offers more than 130 selections. Disney just announced that there will be a new fireworks, well, a new after fireworks dessert party coming to the Magic Kingdom. They created it due to the popularity of the fireworks dessert party at Magic Kingdom Park, and there will now be an additional option, the after fireworks dessert party starting on May 28th. Now guests can experience the fireworks over Cinderella Castle, happily ever after, from a special viewing area in the Plaza Garden and afterwards, head over to Tomorrowland Terrace Restaurant and indulge in a delicious array of all-you-can-care-to-enjoy desserts. That sounds like fun. I definitely want to do that, honestly. Let me know if you guys would be interested in doing that. So you guys remember like a year ago when Pandora opened and they had a limited release of Banshees, Banshee little toy figure things that you could buy, and they said it was a limited release? Well... It just celebrated its first anniversary, which is really exciting. And I think it's, I think they're planning on still selling them. So that's really exciting. That also means Pandora, the world of Avatar, is officially a year old on May 27th, which is so fun. Happy anniversary to Pandora. The dates were, have officially been announced for the 2018 Epcot International Festival of the Holidays and the Candlelight Processional. The 2018 Epcot International Festival of Holidays will return to the park on November 18th through December 30th, and the Candlelight Processional also returns this year, and it will open on Thanksgiving on November 22nd and run through December 30th. This is the first time that it will open on Thanksgiving Day. Evenings during this time are topped off with a special holiday presentation of Illuminations, Reflections of Earth. The Candlelight Processional, a holiday must-do for many Epcot guests, is a retelling of the traditional Christmas story read by a celebrity narrator and accompanied by a mass choir and a live orchestra every night, I think. Moving on to Disneyland, on the weekend of May 13th, 2018, Disney Channel Go Fan Fest celebrated a special day for fans to meet dozens of their favorite Disney Channel stars took place at the Disneyland Resort, which sounds so fun. I can't believe I didn't know this until right now. Special guests included Raven Simone from Raven's Home and That's So Raven, if you guys remember that. Um, other stars from Andy Mack, Stuck in the Middle, Bizarre Bark, and Bunked. If you were there, I'm jealous because I'm upset that I didn't even know about that. On May 16th, a new menu debuted at Flo's V8 Cafe at Disney's California Adventure Park. The menu changed from kind of a mix and variety of certain things to more of a pit stop type 
classical food menu. There's an amazing cheeseburger called the Ka-Cheeseburger, like Ka-Chow from Cars. And it is a one-third pound Angus beef patty. It comes on a sesame seed bun with cheddar cheese, 1,000 island dressing, and caramelized onions. There's also Ramon's low and slow sub, the fantastic tuna sandwich. There's this and so much more, and the kids' meal is offering a new turkey burger, which I'm super excited about because I can't eat pretty much any other meat <laughs> except for chicken and turkey. So I'm definitely going to order that, and I cannot wait. Cannot wait. Those of you who are really excited for the summer, good for you. But those of you who are really excited for the summer to be over so it can be Halloween time again, you're my friend. Good thing because Halloween time will be returning to the Disneyland Resort on September 7th, which seems like so soon, but I am, it's, it's too far away. I'm, I'm ready for it. The mobile ordering service has come to 15 locations at the Disneyland Resort. You can use the Disneyland mobile app, order online from these restaurants. Bengal Barbecue, Galactic Grill, Gibson Grill Ice Cream Parlor, Hungry Bear Restaurant, Jolly Holiday Bakery Cafe and Red Rose Tavern, and these Disney California Adventure locations, Award Wieners, Clarabelle's Hand Scooped Ice Cream, Cocina, oh man, I know I'm spelling this wrong, Co or saying this wrong, Cocina Cucamonga Mexican Grill, oh no, I'm so sorry everyone, Corn Dog Castle, Flo's V8 Cafe, Lucky Fortune Cookie, Pacific Wharf Cafe, Paradise Paradise Garden Grill and Smoke Jumpers Grill. Lastly, the mural artwork at Splitsville Luxury Lanes at Downtown Disney District at the Disneyland Resort has just debuted. It's super interesting. Um, it is like a farm atmosphere with pins on the left side, um, like bowling pins, and then a giant bowling ball with three holes in it that look kind of like a hidden Mickey, but it's actually an orange, like from the orange groves that Disneyland started out as. And it says, welcome to Golden Lanes, which is super cool. And I think Golden Lanes is also a nod to the Golden State of California. All right, thank you for listening to Disney Parks and Five with me, Alexa. You can follow me on my YouTube channel, my social medias, all that good stuff. You can find me by typing in theme park author, or theme park author Alexa. You can also email me at A-L-E-X-A, -E that's Alexa, at DizRadio.com. Thanks again for listening. Always remember that there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day, and I'll see you next time for more Disney Parks in 5.
Hello all you D-heads, I'm bringing it to you again, I am Frank, with another episode of Disney's Quote of the Week. This week we're going to discuss Country Bear Jamboree. Now the origin of the Country Bears goes back to a never-realized Disney project in the 1960s, a ski resort in Mineral King Valley, now part of the Sequoia National Park. In addition to the standard skiing activities, Walt Disney wanted his ski resort to include some entertainment for the guests. One idea that came up was a musical variety show put on by the local Ursine Wildlife. That project was assigned to Mark Davis. Davis, together with Al Bertino, came up with many bear musical groups, including bear marching bands, bear mariachi bands, and Dixieland bears. One day when Davis was working on drawings of the show's characters in his office, Walt walked in and saw the drawings and laughed because he loved the characters. On Disney's way out, he turned to Davis and said goodbye, which he was known never to say. A few days later, Walt died on December 15, 1966. It was the last time Davis saw Disney. After Walt's death, plans for the show still carried on. The Bears would be featured in the ski resort's Bear Band restaurant show, and it was decided that they would have a country twang. But when environmental concerns blocked the development of Mineral King, now part of the Sequoia National Park, the Bear Show was shelved along with the ski resort. While the plans for Walt Disney World were being developed, the Bear Show concept was revived and the Country Bear Jamboree was born. As one of the opening day attractions at Magic Kingdom, it received so much positive feedback that the Imagineers immediately planned to create a replica of the show to be placed in Disneyland. In 1972, the Indian Village in Disneyland's Frontierland was demolished to make way for the new land called Bear Country, which housed a duplicate version of the Country Band Jamboree. Due to the tremendous popularity of the show in Florida, extra capacity was added to the California incarnation in the form of two identical theaters, each housing a copy of the show in its entirety. In 2001, the attraction was closed, and the show building was repurposed to house the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Tokyo Disneyland's received the version of the attraction in 1983. On August 22, 2012, the show in Florida closed for nearly two months' refurbishment. During this time, the show was edited down, similar to what was done at Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room in 2011. The songs Pretty Little Devilish Mary and Fractured Folk Song, along with some dialogue, were removed, and other songs were shortened. The reworked version of the show opened October 17, 2012. And in the beginning, our MC, Henry, will always say, Howdy folks, welcome to the one and only original country band Jamboree, featuring a bit of Americana, our musical heritage of the past. But enough of this chit-chat, yak-yak, and flim-flam. Just refrain from hibernating, and we'll all enjoy the show, because we've got a lot to give. Now next time you're at the parks in Florida, don't just walk past you Country Bear Jamboree on your way over to Big Thunder Mountain or Splash Mountain or to get lunch at Pecos Bills. Come on in, Country Bear Jamboree, sit down a spell, and let the bears entertain you. This has been another episode of Disney's Quote of the Week. I'm Frank. All you D-heads, have a magical week. Gracious, what do you think we have you on the show for?
Now, Wendell. You're supposed to pick. Now, Wendell, please. If you can't cut it, just lay out. Well, let's not fight now because we got work to do here. Well, let's do it. Now, here's a fractured folk song. Butchered by two birds. Yeah, we wrote these lousy lyrics. And we also wrote the words. The chords are very simple. In fact, there's only three. First it's G, then C, and D, and then going back to G. But you gotta be... Who let the dogs out? Hello everyone, this is Dominic, and welcome to another edition of Disney's Short Leash. If you are new to the segment, a short leash isn't what keeps Pluto off of Goofy's leg. No, the short leash is a series of tips for people to get the most out of their Walt Disney World vacation when they are short on time or short on money. With any luck, you may be able to try some of these suggestions and quite possibly do as much, if not more, than someone vacationing with a greater amount of time or a larger budget. For the last several segments, I've been chronicling the planning and execution of a recent work-related short lease trip to Walt Disney World. I'm going to put a pin on that for now because this week's theme is animatronics and the idea of robots making cartoon creatures and stuffed animals come to life has always fascinated me. Growing up in the 70s and 80s, let me tell you that Teddy Ruxpin was the coolest toy ever. It was the personal computer of animatronic stuffed animals. Somebody at Worlds of Wonder decided to make a robotic version of a teddy bear. That's brilliant. It was like a Stepford bear. You would open up Teddy Ruxpin's back and put in a tape and it would read you a story. But if you tossed in an Anthrax album, it was now a total metal badass. Animatronic shows have always been my favorite part of Walt Disney World. They ruin me when it comes to theming. Whenever I see a static figure in the park, I shake my head at it and wonder why couldn't they have that thing move. Having a statue of a character is a nice enough photo op, I guess, but animatronics give a life and a story to that figure that I find entertaining and fascinating. I actually prefer the animatronics to the reality of Walt Disney World. If I see an animatronic Buzz Lightyear, it looks, talks, and acts, maybe a little bit mechanically, like Buzz Lightyear. When I see a cast member dressed as Buzz Lightyear, it looks like a college student still trying to cash in on Halloween while being uncomfortably surrounded by children. For whatever reason, a robot version of a fictional character is more realistic to me than a real person in dress-up. I also find animatronics more entertaining. I would much rather go on the Jungle Cruise with their fake animals than the Kilimanjaro Safari. I enjoyed the Tiki Room more than when they were showing me real birds at Flights of Wonder. Recent polls suggest that 9 out of 10 people prefer the animatronic Trump at the Hall of Presidents to the real one. Back in the day, the singing food at the Kitchen Cabaret was far more entertaining than anything in my fridge. I tried to talk my groceries into taking voice lessons or a couple years of tap, and they just lied there inert. That's just lazy, a total lack of effort. Let's get back to the segment. So how are animatronics helpful when it comes to a short lease trip? Well, I am glad you asked. Many of the Walt Disney World animatronics can help you beat the crowds and the weather. The animatronic shows are a great thing to do during high crowd hours. Around 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. when the crowd is in full effect, after they woke up and before their kids melt down into a whiny puddle of pre-dinner aggravation, this is prime time to take in an animatronic show. They have some great crowd-beating advantages. They aren't e-ticket mega-attractions that everybody's in line for. Besides Dinosaur and Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, most animatronic shows 
aren't attached to thrill rides and roller coasters. We aren't going to count Everest because that Robo Yeti hasn't moved in a decade. While people are roasting in line and waiting for over an hour to do one thing for three minutes, a better use of time is to hit the animatronic shows when the park is filling up. Most animatronic attractions are very good at eating people quickly. The theater shows like the Carousel of Progress, the Hall of Presidents, and American Adventure can seat hundreds at a time. Other attractions like the Haunted Mansion, the Little Mermaid, and Spaceship Earth continually load and unload passengers without stopping, which keeps the queue moving. Slowest of all, but still faster than the limited seating, ride-stopping, loading and unloading and safety checks of a thrill ride are the boat attractions. The Grand Fiesta Tour, and of course the granddaddy of all annoying animatronic creepiness, It's a Small World, but the wait times are usually negated by the fact that no one likes these rides at all. I kid. Kinda. You could put two or three of these animatronic attractions away in the time it would take you to wait and ride one of those e-ticket coasters. Use your fast pass for that kind of stuff, or go early or late when the crowds aren't there, but spend those high density hours with some singing redneck robot bears, a bunch of dead people found on the money you are spending on this vacation, or an immortal robot dad mansplaining about his kitchen gadgets throughout 12 decades. Come on, who doesn't want to see the year 2000 as envisioned in 1993? It was a great, big, beautiful last millennium shining at the end of yesterday. There you go, Jonathan. There's a hint for your post-segment audio cue. As an added bonus, most of this stuff are in air-conditioned buildings where you can be animatronically entertained, and not in a dirty way, as you sit back and relax in comfort while other people are getting burned and drenched by the vindictiveness of Mother Nature. Animatronics has also found its way into my Disney meals. If I want to get through a food line quick, and have a ton of fairly decent food at the Magic Kingdom, Pecos Bill and the Starlight Cafe are at the top of my list. Well, what about Cinderella's Royal Table or Be Our Guest? Well, that's where you go if you want a great picture and to spend a fortune on some mediocre version of fine dining. Do it once just to say you did and move on with your life. Put some ice on your butt and then head to the other two places I just mentioned. All things being equal, I would go to the Starlight Cafe because grabbing a huge amount of food and listening to Sunny Eclipse is a dining treat. Where else on the planet Earth can you eat a half a chicken while an animatronic alien sings you show tunes? What a magnificent time to be alive. There are some attractions where the animatronic line avoidance may not work. Frozen, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, the Navi River Journey, Peter Pan, oh god Peter Pan, Dinosaur, occasionally the Jungle Cruise and Pirates of the Caribbean, and my favorite animatronic attraction, Splash Mountain, can be a wait. Most of those lines can be defeated by time of day or fast passes, so no worries. But other than that, avoiding lines in heat and rain, but being entertained by robots and not having to worry about them coming to life and killing you westward style, at least not yet, well that's short leash people, I hope you enjoyed the tip. I do have an official Diz Radio email, so I'd love to hear from you with a hi, some questions, suggestions, or even your own short leash tips at dominic at disradio.com. That's D-O-M-E-N-I-C at disradio.com. I also can be found on the internet. I'm on Twitter at WDWPlantoons or on YouTube or your favorite podcast apps by searching WDWPlantoons or by visiting plantoons.com. Well, folks, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Show ho, we kidnap and ravage and don't give a hoot.
over, we fill chin sacks, stand up, me hearty Joe-ho. Envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that. You've never seen a place like show this pizza place will serve you a pizza. Second to that, so come for the pizza. Stay for the fun. Showbiz Pizza Place with over 60 electronic games. Pizza baked fresh every day. And the stage show extravaganza on three stages. So come for the pizza. Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Diz Radio, and the Diz Radio Show. And as we continue to bring you all the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, whether that's movies, television, attractions, or maybe that little bit of nostalgia that you remember growing up, something that piqued that interest into something that you love and remember, takes you back to that place in time. And with us here this week is somebody that's no stranger to anything when it comes to animatronics, motion, bringing things to life we have none other than the man that you know as the creator of the whack-a-mole creative engineering incorporated as well as the man behind rock fire explosion we have none other than aaron fector here welcome to Diz radio thank you so much jonathan it is our pleasure having you on i mean you know somebody your resume so many great things things that you have created that are these bits of nostalgia that continue to thrive even today and i'm sure we're going to get into that a little bit later but i guess the one thing you know i myself I'm 42. I have four kids. I've introduced them to things that I grow, I've grown up with. And one of those was Rock of Fire. So I guess jumping right into that, what really got you into wanting to create, to create the Rock of Fire explosion? Was it that ever, everlasting love of animatronics or, or what was it? And what was that spark that said, you know what? I'm going to create a gorilla, a gray wolf, a, a brown bear and just, you know, really make something that's going to be memorable to enhance pizza experiences back in the day at Showbiz Pizza. So the Rock Fire Explosion was born in uh, 1980. I started building animatronics, though, in 1975. So I didn't just jump from what I was doing, which was totally not animatronics, into uh, building the Rock of Fire. There were the years of development and research while when I was coming up with the techniques for um, 
synchronizing audio to sound, learning how to produce soundtracks, learning how to produce the mechanics and the art parts of it. Uh, so there was a, a developmental, uh, the developmental years between 75 and 80. And even as, even in the later 70s, 77, 78, 79, um, I was already producing some other shows like, uh, the Hard Luck Bears, which was kind of a, let's call it a tribute to the Country Bear Jamboree. Uh, some others have called it a ripoff, but let's call it a tribute. And, um, to the, you know, I had a customer that came <laughs> to me and saw my one singing bear, which I brought to, the uh, convention where a lot of amusement parks attend. So I brought one singing bear in 1977, and he said, can you produce a whole show of singing bears, like the Country Bear Jamboree? And I said, uh, yeah, of course I can. And uh, that, that then was born to be the Hard Luck Bears show, or what I called the Bear Country Jubilee, not to be confused with the Country Bear Jamboree. That was my little <laughs> legal disclaimer at the end of that show. And... um and, of course, I always expected to hear from Disney. You know, I thought, oh, you know, I'm going to hear from Disney. And of course, everybody told me I was going to hear from Disney uh, for building animatronics and especially for building a bear show. Uh, but, no, I never heard from them. You know, <laughs> I said, oh, come on, where's Disney? Anyway, so um, we, we produced the bear show and some other shows, Santa Claus Review for Jefferson, New Hampshire Amusement Park. Um, and then, uh, let's see, there was the uh, the Confederate Critter Band that went into a, um amusement park in Tennessee. And... Um, and then there was the uh, Wolfpack Five, which was kind of a takeoff on a 50s rock band similar to Shanana. Um, actually, um, it was uh, fashioned after the rock band called Clutch, which was actually kind of like Shanana. So we had a, a 50s rock band, a Hard Luck Bears, Country Bear show, and then came the contract to build all those showbiz pizza places uh, that later became known as Chuck E. Cheese. And when we were building those showbiz pizza places, the man who was putting out the money for it, he said that the uh, the Wolfpack Five, 50s music show, would be just fine. We'd just build that. But since we were building everything from scratch, I wanted to start off with a completely different show. And um, and so I combined the the best parts of the Wolfpack Five and the Hard Luck Bears together, and I put threw a few more goodies into it, and that's what became the rocket fire explosion in 1980. Well, you know, and that's the kind of thing too, where, you know, you created it, you put all this work into it, you know, build up the years, really honed in on your craft. And that's going to, like you said, you know, the rock of fire was born and it kind of, you know, right there, it, it, it wasn't just born, it exploded to the point where it is that nostalgia. It is before people were sitting there on their smartphones and things like that. You went out for some great family uh, guess wholesome entertainment. You watched the band play, you ate your pizza, you had your birthday parties there. I guess with that, what made you decide on which animals you're going to use and, you know, saying, all right, I want the gorilla, I want them behind a piano, you know, what, what, I guess, what was it that you were like, all right, I want these animals, these selections, and this is the style of music? Okay, well, the, um, the, the characters were, again, they were um, selected uh, as the best part of the two shows that, that uh, were combined to become the Rock of Fire, the Hard Luck Bears and the Wolfpack Five. And the Wolfpack Five had a wolf in it, just like the Rock of Fire does. But the wolf in the Wolfpack Five was actually a, um, a parody of Wolfman Jack, the DJ from the 50s. And, um, and so, but I decided to change that up a bit. So Rolf the Wolf, he became more like a very egotistical uh, 50s, 60s style DJ off the radio. And, um, and, but with an, with an ego that just wouldn't quit, you know, and, and bragging about himself all the time, thinking more of himself than anybody else does. 
and um, with with a lot of jerky uh, personality um, quirks. So, um, so that was was one of the characters, and and of course he got his job in a fraudulent way. Okay, that backstory behind the wolf uh, wolf that got his job to show his pizza place. He pretends that he's the world's greatest puppeteer, and that he can uh, be um, a great ventriloquist and throw his voice into a puppet without moving his lips. He's pretending all of that because he's actually got a live puppet, a puppet that is really alive, not one that he's actually operating. So it's a big fraud that he's he's um, perpetrating, and uh, and that's Wolf, that's uh, Rolf the Wolf and Earl Schmurl. Then the other characters, like, like Fats, who's a gorilla, a piano-playing gorilla, he was in the Wolfpack Five, but he was a kind of a, a supporting character, like um, like the bass singer of a 50s rock group is a supporting character. Very important. But just a supporting character, not the lead vocalist, you know, not the not the main guy on the on the billing, but the the bass singer that you really can't live without. But um, but he became a lead vocalist and a lead character in the wolf in the um, I'm sorry the the rocket fire explosion. So we turned him around, had him face the audience, and we designed a really futuristic musical instrument for him that we called the Tune Machine, which was an advanced synthesizer for its time that could play any sound in the world. And what we did with that, and the reason we did that, was because we wanted to have music tracks that were not limited to guitar, bass, and drums. We wanted we wanted to have any instruments we wanted, horns, um, you know, harpsichords, you know, anything else, flutes, anything that we might have wanted uh, in our on our tracks would then be covered supposedly by this tune machine that Bats plays. Um, of course, then we had uh, Duke, our drummer. Um, and he was actually in the Wolfpack Five. His name was Dingo, and his name was actually Dingo Star because he was a takeoff on Ringo Star. But we turned him into his own own man as Duke the drummer, and um, with a kind of a penchant for space travel. And then there was Beach Bear, who came from the Wolfpack Five, who um, who's pretty much just like he was in the Wolfpack Five, except that he's got a lot more movement. He's able to lift his hand off the guitar and wave to people and pat fats on the back. And he's a he's a great rock and roll performer too. So these characters that are on the center stage, um, and not to leave out Mitzi, the, the cheerleader mouse, all four of those singers on the center stage are actually great uh, performers in their own right in the real world. So the real personalities of these people in the real world were then transferred to the characters on our stage. Okay, so that's the four characters on the center stage. Those two side stages, Rolf and Earl, I did the voices for them, and as I mentioned, Rolf is a big jerk. So that's part of, you know, part of a, a natural, um, easy way for me to uh, perform because I can play the jerk really well. And um, and then on the other side of the stages, we have Billy Bob and Looney Bird. Well, well, Billy Bob is a bear, like, an, again, a, a nice, sweet country bear, and he's more like my granny. My granny was an angel sent from heaven just the most perfect, wonderful, sweetest uh, lady who would give you the shirt off her back, take you in, and and give you a place to stay, and you know just give you feed you constantly and and love you, and she would do anything for you. So that was Billy Bob, and that's the other side of of my dichotomy, my own personality. So so rather than go into uh, some kind of a a mental confusion about who I am, whether I'm a jerk or a nice guy, I just have the two sides of my personality displayed right there in showbiz pizza place and um and when i feel like being a nice guy i do billy bob and when i feel like being a jerk i do rolf and then there's looney bird looney bird is living down in a barrel 
that Billy Bob is using to collect his gasohol because Billy Bob was actually coming up with a form of energy, a new kind of, of fuel that we could run our engines on to save the world from the energy crisis that was that we've always had. And um, and so he was making corn squeezins right there on the stages of Showbiz Pizza Place and storing it up in that barrel there on that stage that Looney Bird lived in. And uh, Looney Bird was always drinking the gasohol, corn squeezins. So that's why Looney Bird is called Looney Bird, because he was pretty much uh, looped all the time. You know, so there, there you go. There's, there are the characters from the Rock of Fire Explosion. And there were a few other characters. There's Antioch the Spider that comes down and joins in a few things. There's the Sun and the Moon who come up and and um, and discuss the legal implications of some of the songs that we're covering. <laughs> you know, and then there's the little baby bear uh, that that's so cute. He just comes up. He's wearing a little bib. He comes out of a stump and he rocks and rolls. And I guess the most controversial thing about him is that people are wondering if that might be the uh, <clears throat> the illegitimate child of Billy Bob there. So anyway, there's there's the lineup, uh, the Rock Park explosion. <laughs> well, you know, and with that too, like so much thought behind this and all these characters, everybody always has their favorite and no matter what, and I'm sure you've come across it, everybody always has their favorite, you know, whether that's Billy Bob, the main stage, uh, you know, Mitzi, I mean, you name it. Now, over the years, I mean, during the during the heyday, of course, from, uh, you know, 80 to 92, when it was just rocking and rolling, I guess, how often was it, did you, like, step into a showbiz and just kind of step back and watch everybody's reactions? And did you ever just catch that one time where you were watching everybody and you're just like, this is truly magical, the way we're entertaining everybody? Oh, yes. Yes. And that would be 1980 to 85. Okay, the magic was gone by 86 for me. Even though, um, for a lot of people, it hung on because a lot of the work that we did was still out there and still playing. There was so much, um, negative energy between my company, Creative Engineering, and Showbiz Pizza Place, the executive branch. Uh, there was so much negative energy that it was no longer enjoyable or fun. Um, and we, we, we didn't get along. We didn't get along at all. So it was, um, so much conflict that, uh, and, and we were being overridden on a lot of our artistic decisions and intentions and desires um, by people who knew nothing about entertainment at all, but who were who were wielding a lot of power and um, and financial power in particular. So um, so my my glory years for showbiz really the best years were 1980 to 83, but still between 83 and 85 or 86. Uh, there were still a lot of wonderful times where I'd go into showbiz, watch people enjoying it, just sort of wishing I could go up and tell people, hey, hey, that's my show up there. <laughs> you know, that's my voice. <laughs> Listen to this. Hi, everybody. I'm Billy Bob. You know, and, and you know, I just wanted to do it. But, but you know, I pretty much had to uh, just watch and see what people enjoyed. And, you know, that was about the only way I could find out if anybody even liked the show because we didn't have the Internet. I didn't have any feedback from customers. I wasn't getting truthful feedback from the executives of Showbiz Pizza Place. In fact, when we put out a show tape in any of those years, I mean, even starting in 1981, um, when the, you know, when the honeymoon was over and starting in 1981, every time I put out a, a, a show tape, um, I got back nothing but, but the negative, uh, criticisms from the executives at Showbiz Pizza Place who didn't like what I did. And um, and I had to defend the writing and the performances and the decisions and the timing and just 
I had to defend everything, even the lighting. You know, I was controlling the lighting in the in the showrooms as well uh, through the computers that I developed. So, so every I was defending everything all the time and losing my control over the entertainment. But my original goal was very, very much inspired by by Disney. My original goal was to put a Disney quality attraction in every neighborhood or in every city so that people didn't have to travel to Orlando to get a taste of Disney quality. They could actually go to Showbiz Pizza Place and see our performances and know that I was inspired by Walt Disney, the stories of Walt Disney, the, the inspiration, the uh, um, a lot of the lessons that Walt Disney taught were incorporated into my shows. I grew up, so you grew up on you know, in the 80s, I grew up in the 60s, the 50s and the 60s. So the wonderful world of color was was where I learned about entertainment. You know, Walt Disney would come on, he would do a little um, a narration at the beginning of the show. We got to see who the creator of the show was. And then, and then all of a sudden, our TVs turned into color, if we had a color TV. And we got to see uh, a show. And one of the things that, one of the things that Walt Disney um, believed in was that there should always be a laugh and a tear in a show. There should always be something that touches your heart and and makes you cry and something that brings you joy and makes you laugh. And so we tried to do that in a lot of our shows just because Disney discovered it and said that that was, um, that was a great way to entertain people. So, um, so yeah, that was, that was what we intended to do. By 1986, though, uh, as I said, we were just we were just flat out under attack, <laughs> really under attack all the time. Well, you know, and that's the thing, though. Like, you know, behind the scenes that most people don't see, it didn't take away, at least, from the joy of everybody that went in there, all the people that loved it and remembered it. And, of course, that's going to go into, you know, many things like even now because, you know, even in today's generation, you know, Chuck E. Cheese decided animatronics no more. Kids just want to sit here and play games for tickets. And of course, that's always directed by how you market something. You know, if you market something great in the right way, it's going to be accepted. But the one thing people still talk about is the rock fire explosion. And I guess, what is it like knowing that all these years later, people like myself, other people, even younger generations now and millennials are finding out who the rock fire is and just really embracing it. And you're like, wow, this thing I created is kind of having this Disney lasting power. Yes, um, yes, it's a blessing. It's a true blessing because, um, you know, I devoted my life to something else um, after I got after I got Showbiz working up and running. I was still developing the new things that would go into Showbiz Pizza Place all the way up until they pulled our budget from that. But I actually started developing something else that I thought would be the real purpose that I was alive. And um, and and that was uh, in the early 80s. I started working on bringing email to the masses, working on a system that would connect the whole world together through email. And and I was developing a machine, and I did develop this machine. And it took 15 years to develop that would that would connect you to everybody that you needed to know and talk to and work with and be friends with and be in love with and everything. Uh, anybody that you needed to be in touch with, and, and you'd be in touch through email. Um, and uh, it, through the 80s, I had a hard time selling the concept of email to people because uh, in the 80s, whenever I 
I told people we were going to be communicating through messaging someday and that I was going to be the guy who brought it to the world, they said, Aaron, you're really off your rocker here. If I want to, if I want to talk to somebody, I'm going to pick up the phone and call them. I'm not going to sit down and type them a letter. And I said, oh, but here are the advantages. And, um, of course, I don't need to go through what those are because they're obviously uh, being used by everyone now. But I talked about the advantages, and and in my concept, it was extremely simple. I didn't, I never expected that people would become so tech savvy as they are. I always expected people to be, you know, um, just users. I didn't expect people to actually become technically able to set up settings and to understand the difference between hardware and software and all the, the other intricacies, you know, that people have learned to handle. And so my machine was extremely simple to use. It was beautiful. It is beautiful. I still have my machines. And um, and I finally finished it in 1997. And and when I brought out my machine to the convention, the electronic, um, I forget what's called the the electronic show that they have in in uh, Las Vegas every year, and Chris around just after Christmas. Um, everyone was excited about it and saw its potential and wanted to get in on the. I called it the anti-gravity freedom machine wave. Well, it was only months after that that it just seemed like the internet kicked, almost like, almost like fiberglass resin kicks. At a moment, there's one moment it's liquid, and the next minute it's solid. Well, the internet kicked in 1997, and all of a sudden everybody had email for free. And it, even though I struggled to see if I could still get my my email appliance out. It was really, it was really not going to happen because the internet kicked. Um, there were millions of engineers working on the progress that brought email into the incredible and and the internet into the incredible place that it is today. And there was no way I could keep up with that all by my little self, <laughs> you know. So, so it it turns out that the, that the device that I expected to spend my life continuing to develop and bringing the world together with and and changing the whole world with was not going to be uh, what I thought it would be. And um, and then right about that same time, the Internet brought me my first few fans. I had never heard from fans. Uh, maybe a few, three or four fans had been writing me and telling me they loved the Rockstar Explosion. But otherwise, it wasn't really anything. So the Internet, all of a sudden, though, started bringing those fans together and started giving me a glimpse into the future. And a glimpse into the future was telling me that the real the, the real success story of my life, at, at least so far, was the Rockefeller explosion and the whack-a-mole and, and not any of the other 3,000 inventions that I really thought would set the world on fire that I actually worked on. So it was a blessing that I that the that the Rockefeller explosion came back to me, came back into my life, and gave my life meaning that's beyond anything I can describe to you. And the children and the families who I've met and who have written to me and told me how much the Rockefeller means to them is a blessing. And the and the hundreds of families who have visited me in Orlando and taken a tour of my shop and and let me communicate with them one on one is a blessing. And and the dozens, maybe hundreds of autistic children who I've met and who have told me that my work means a lot to them and they want to devote their lives 
something like what I've done, all of that is beyond anything I can describe to you in terms of how humbled and happy I am that I did not sell out the rocket fire explosion. I did not give it to the executives of Chuck E. Cheese to bastardize. I held on to it because it was my own work. It was my own art. And um, I'm so happy that I did so that we can all get together now through the Internet and through other other means and explore the potential that the Rockefeller explosion still has. Well, you know, definitely. And like you said, it's one of those things where you didn't expect this to be the one thing to carry on and carry over. But, you know, there's something to be said that, yes, developing something that would bring everybody together in terms of, you know, email, connecting, uh, multimedia, things like that. But there is something to be said about something of nostalgia, something where it takes you back to that place in time. You know, that one moment where somebody's life is not going where they thought, and they're like, you know, there was that time when I was 10, and I remember Billy Bob serenading me, and it was the moment in my life I won't forget. Now, when it comes to that, and this big explosion of Rockafire now, and all the people who now are really into it, really loving it, what is it like realizing, like, you know, people want to get their hands on some of these uh, you know, some of these figures, some of these plush toys, uh, they want to come and tour the facilities, you know, see them being made. Um, you know, what is it like realizing that, wow, people really want this and they're itching for even new Rockefeller stuff? Yes. Um, you know, that all I can do, I can just, I can tell you in one word how I feel about that. And that word is opportunity because, I mean, I definitely needed an opportunity. Um, to make money and to do something that would support the Rockefeller explosion because it cost a lot of money to, to keep that building that the Rockefeller was, explosion was born in. And uh, the taxes, the real estate taxes have gone up on that building, which is in downtown Orlando. And and I just, I just really haven't been doing anything un, until fairly recently that could support all of those costs, including my own living expenses, not even to mention that. But just the costs of maintaining my collection of animatronics and um, and the Rockfire Explosion and continuing to do the things that I do, like, for example, produce new show tapes to put on YouTube so that you can see the Rockfire doing a new song. Um, all of that stuff needed to be supported some way. And my fans have have supported me now. They've started this. It really, it's, it's just been a recent turnaround. I would say, you know, it's funny that you mentioned the nostalgia part of it. But you only think of the nostalgia part of it because you saw the Rock of Fire when you were a kid. But what's amazing is these young kids now, from three years old to 15 years old or, or even 20 years old, who love the Rock of Fire, and it's not for nostalgia at all because they weren't around in the 80s. It's it's for something else. It's it is for something else. It's for it's for what it it's for what it says to them or how it speaks to them. And I'm still trying to figure that out. You know, I mean, I really am. I'm trying to say, well, why do you like the Rock of Fire Explosion? What is it? Do you like puppet shows? Uh, do you like, you know, do you like bad cover songs? Um, what do you like? <laughs> and by the way, I'm, I'm being facetious when I say bad cover songs because I really loved our work, our cover song work. But, um, you know, what is it you like? And, and I haven't really figured it out, but I've been trying just to go with it, you know, kind of like a guy who, who doesn't know what he's got but knows to look for the opportunity anyway. Um, so I don't know. I could go off the wrong track if I don't listen to the fans carefully enough 
Um, but but I am trying to make them happy. Like for example, when these kids come to my shop to meet me and to see my pile of junk, and then to see the Rockefeller show, because that's basically what they do. They come and they see a mess that I've that took me 40 years to make, and then they come into my showroom where I have the Rockefeller explosion, and and it's the best kept Rockefeller in the world. It's the only one really that's in perfect condition, and we play the show. We play it for hours, and we just explore all these new songs that I've done as well, and it makes me really happy. So I'm trying to figure out what they actually like. And so I'll I'll tease them a little bit. I'll say to the kids, I'll say, you know, and I'll take them into a really, really messy area of my shop and say, this this is really kind of embarrassing. Let's go in here and see this. And it's just a mess. It's so bad. I say, I'm, I'm going to clean this up next week. And they'll say stuff to me like, no, don't clean it up. No, you'll ruin it. And I'm like, okay. I'm trying to figure out what it is they like about it, you know. And, and also, sometimes I kind of play with the idea that that maybe someday, long after I'm gone, and and maybe there'll be some kids who are born, and they'll look back into the past, maybe on the internet, and they'll say, "Oh, look at this! The Rock Park Explosion, this old warehouse, uh, Aaron Fector's old warehouse, whoever the hell he is." And and gosh, look at it, such a mess. And then all of a sudden, Disney, whoever it's being run by at that time in the future, let's say the year 2085, will say, you know what we're going to do? We're going to put together an attraction where we're going to try to reproduce Aaron Fector's warehouse from the late 1900s. And they take <laughs> pictures of my mess, and they try to recreate the mess that was so organic, <laughs> you know, from my warehouse. They'll probably even have, you know, animatronic spiders running around to imitate you know, to imitate the brown recluses that are all in my basement, you know, and ter- piles of termites on the floor, a- an old Pac-Man game that, that you practically can't see the screen anymore because it's so covered with termite dust, and all that stuff will become art, you know? <laughs> Even now, there are things in my warehouse that the kids tell me are art, and it was really just a heartbreak to me when this stuff deteriorated. Like, I've, like I did a... I, I did a a ripoff of Disney's Moose and Buffalo. You know, the ones that go with the bear, Country Bear Jamboree? Back That's in the right. old day, they had a Moose and Buffalo out inside there or outside somewhere. They had a Moose and Buffalo. Well, my customers who wanted that in the 70s, that wanted that bear show, they they went for the uh, Moose and Buffalo upgrade. And then um, and then I bought it all back from them in the 80s when I had some money. I, I bought back that show because I thought I needed to collect everything I could for the eventual museum. I thought maybe I'd have a museum someday, and I needed to collect all my stuff back if I could. So after my customers used it for five or six years, I bought it back from them, and um, I paid them too much for it. <laughs> they jumped at my offer. I paid them way too much. So um, it, the Moose and Buffalo were just beautiful. They looked just like Disney's Moose and Buffalo. And and then over the years, after for about 20 years, my moose's nose just dropped from gravity and heat and melted. And it, it became a disgusting, melted latex mess that, that melted on top of a television and on top of a table and then onto the floor. It's just a mess. So when you go in there, it's just a heartbreak to see that beautiful moose melted into a heap of, of, of unrecognizable latex rubber. But you can tell it was a moose because it's still got antlers. And, um, and the kids, when they come to see my shop, that's the first thing they want to see is that melted moose. <laughs> you know? So it's art. In fact, um, a few years ago, a movie was made called Keanu where they rented 
all my worst stuff, the stuff that's deteriorated over the years that I still have. And and they one of the things they rented from me was that melting moose. And um, they took the whole moose. They took the moose. They took the table. They took the computer. You know, they took everything. And they and they took it. And they it's in the movie. <laughs> and then they brought it all back to me and put it back where it was. So so you know what art. It's just it's just creating itself now. I mean, you know, the old age and deterioration is just turning all of the stuff that used to be so beautiful into into weird kind of almost unrecognizable um, symbols of what it used to be, and uh, and the kids love it. So I haven't really figured out what they love, but I'm so happy to give it to them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and like you said, it's the kind of thing where, you know, you're still trying to figure out what is the draw, what do they love, things like that. You know, and I got to say, my kids' first uh, introduction to Rock of Fire wasn't even myself originally. It was them watching the Disney XD show, Gravity Falls, where they paid tribute by going to a pizza place and all the animatronics who look a lot like Billy Bob and all the Rock of Fire explosion – uh, all became uh, animatronic zombies trying to get them, and they're like, "What is that?" And I got the I got the joke right away. I couldn't stop laughing, and from there it was down the rabbit hole into introducing them to the Rock of Fire explosion. So you know, it is this huge thing, and of course, you had the DVD, um, you know, years ago as well. The you know the documentary about the Rock of Fire. Uh, you know, what's gonna be what's gonna be next for them? I mean, are, I, I could see like the adventures of the Rock of Fire explosion done in like the Scooby Doo Saturday movies kind of animation yes well i you know i've i've dreamed about a lot of things over the years and some of the things that i've dreamed about for 40 years is starting to come true so maybe my dreams were just ahead of their time but you see we used to have a big big budget from showbiz pizza place to research and develop things and i started a lot of projects in between 1980 and 1983 that were going to culminate uh, over the years some that wouldn't culminate until the turn of the century, and some that would culminate fairly soon. So I had I had dozens and dozens of projects. Every time I thought of a new idea, I was I had the money to hire somebody and start a department to develop it. So we had all of these incredible ideas started back in the early eighties. And then when they pulled the rug out from under us and the the research budget was yanked, um all money was yanked. I took all of those projects and I put them on um, ice. Basically, they're they're on moth they're in mothballs, <laughs> you know, in cabinets and closets, and then you know, filing cabinets. And all of those projects just got just got stored away, but not thrown away. So, um, so now I'm starting to pull those projects out and starting to work on them again. And and they're really exciting projects. Um, so. I'm working on them again, and the kids are going to love seeing these developments because they're the developments that I intended to do in the 80s and 90s. And not only are they going to see the results of these projects through my behind-the-scenes video channel, they're going to get to watch me develop them. So, so now I'm like an, a, a televised inventor. Like It's a reality show that's truly true and real. It's not a scripted reality show like they have on TV. It's a real reality show where you get to watch me and my assistants making all these mistakes as we as we pursue the unknown, the same way we always did. And we and we try to solve our problems and we come up with more solutions and then we come up with more mistakes, but eventually we always just like Dudley Do Right, we always get our man. 
You know, <laughs> you know, we always we always solve our problems through the use of persistence and um, and and uh, patience and and the old saying: if you if at first you don't succeed, try try again. So, so we, actually, our behind the scenes TV channel is based on those fundamentals of 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 never quitting and never giving up and and never taking no for an answer and always trying trying harder and enjoying the process even when things go wrong enjoying the fact that we're alive and we have the opportunity to try and we're going to try again and that's that's what it's all about and then at the end of the day uh when we have accomplished a miracle then everybody gets to enjoy that with us uh because the work our work has come to you know to pass and it's and it's good so that's um that's that's the way uh that's the way I see the future and that's the way I see the past and the future connecting together and why the kids have this great opportunity now to just watch us work. Well, definitely. You know, and the one thing too is, you know, one you're introducing them to something that's different, you know, problem solving, fun, being creative, watching you work, but also you're inspiring the next generation that might come up with that next step, that next phase, the the next version of a rock fire explosion in their own world. Yes. In fact, I'm challenging them. Uh, there are several things that I'm doing. One thing is I, I also have a kit that I sell along with my course, Animatronics 101, where I teach the kids or the adults, anybody, uh, the basics of animatronics, how to synchronize soundtracks to movement, how to make movement, how to create um, mouth, arm movements, body movements, all of the basics of animatronics. So, so I have that course. And, and I'm teaching kids to build animatronics if they want to, if they want to do it that way. Um, but it's, uh, th- there's a lot more, um, there's just so, so much more that's going on that we're tying together. Besides the course, um, teaching them, like you say, the fundamentals and the values of life. And then there's a lot of things under the surface that we don't tell them we're teaching them, but they're just learning it because they're watching. But, but I'm not pounding their head with it. For example, um, when I'm waiting for my, uh, let's say I'm waiting for a disk drive to back up or I'm waiting for a file to download, instead of just cutting the tape there and then coming back after, after the file has downloaded, I do what I really do while I'm waiting for a file to download. And that's jumping jacks, push-ups, sit-ups, um, maybe a run around the building, and I take them with me. You know, I take them with me. I take the camera, I take the kids with me, and we come back and then we the file is downloaded. So what they're getting to see is how is really not not just how to do what we're doing, how to make a mold, how to lay up fiberglass. They're also getting to see um, how you integrate physical fitness into a busy life. Why physical fitness is such an important part of life. I haven't I've never lectured my kids on this, uh, but I have produced shows. For example, I have a show called Sitting Too, Sitting Too Long. <laughs> where Beach Bear sings a song called Sitting Too Long. And uh, and actually it's a song about getting up out of that chair and getting some physical fitness and, and the value of it and the joy of it. But I don't pound the kids over the head with it. I just want them I want them to see that it's an important part of my life. So if they like me, if they want to emulate me, um, and, uh, and and they want to know what it's like to be me, then you have to take uh you have to take it into consideration that I wouldn't be able to be doing this at my age if I'd sat around for the last 20 or 30 years. So 
I'm teaching kids how to live forever until God brings us home, but how to love and live forever and enjoy life. And um, and that's and the physical fitness part of it is a big, big part of it, but I hide it. I don't tell them that I'm teaching them about physical fitness. I just do it as part of everything else I'm doing. You see, so it's it's kind of, um, you know, I don't know what I'm doing, but I feel like all I'm doing, I'm trying to show the kids the best parts of my life that they would benefit by and um, the joy of, of deciding what you want to be and being that person and going for it. If you have a goal, you go for it. You don't sit around and say, uh, gee, I wish I could do this. You you sit down and you plan it and then you go for it. And then if you need to take a turn at somewhere along the line because things aren't working out, you take a turn. All of those things are part of what I hope to share. And then at the end of the day, we have a big rock and roll party. Well, you know, and that's the kind of thing where you're leaving this legacy and like you mentioned before, something different than you thought it was going to be. And now you're down this entire different path. So many different things. I mean, so much so that, uh, you know, even in Kansas City, there's the Rock of Fire uh, that is going to be opening as well. Uh, so many different things. I guess, you know, we know you're busy. So many different things going on. All the different things going on in your life. And, of course, I know all the people who have memories of new, old, futuristic Rock of Fire. I guess, in closing here, for anybody tuning in that is a fan of the original Rock of Fire or people that love the new stuff you're doing, people that are watching your uh, your new shows, learning how to be creative, problem-solving, the engineers of the future... Is there any final words you'd like to leave out there for all the fans of all the people's lives you've touched from so many years from, you know, too many to even count? Gosh, well, um, I, I just want to, I definitely want to let the fans know that I am extremely appreciative that they're out there. And I think about them all the time. And I think about what I can do for them next. And uh, that they're giving my life purpose and meaning. And, um that's just that's basically how I feel about them, and you see that in my behind the scenes video work. You'll see it on my YouTube channel. Um, adults are allowed to join my Facebook page where we talk together about things. I'm trying to be a very, very accessible person to anybody that needs to talk to me or wants to talk to me. Um, I don't talk to children directly because they can waste a lot of your time. <laughs> you know I, I was getting like like a hundred phone calls a day for a while until i until I learned how to properly use my voicemail. But um but I do wanna uh but I do wanna communicate with the children whose parents want me to communicate with them and uh because it inspires them and they feel that, that maybe talking to me uh for a few minutes could could help their child uh orient themselves toward a positive goal. And uh and I guess that's what I'm wanting to do is to is to inspire kids to to go on and and not just kids. I mean you're forty two but but I'd love I'd love to keep you inspired, you know, and, and let you know that there's more that you've done great with your life so far. But there's there's leaves that we've not turned over yet. There's stones we haven't looked under. There's so much more, even in my life. I, you know, I'm expecting really to have a, a much bigger success in my life beyond what we're talking about. And and I'm and I'm looking for it. I'm hoping for it. I'm looking for it. And and we all should be doing that no matter how old we are. And um and gosh, I guess that I, all I want to do is just try to leave some way for people to contact me um, to maybe get on my my uh, premium video channel or, or my YouTube channel or maybe join my Facebook page uh, just so that we can we can all connect. Because the more 
the more of you guys out there that are helping me to to create this brand out of the rocket fire, um, I think the more the greater chance we have of changing the world again. Definitely, you know, and that's just you know that's just touching upon it, like you said. It is one of those where you can change the world again, shift the direction, and you know something that I think is much needed in a very different way of. Uh, entertainment and things like that and you know society life like you said life lessons and so much more well you know i guess in closing here aaron it was our pleasure having you stop in chat with us take this trip down memory lane into the future you know all the people's lives you've touched people's lives you continue to touch and uh you know i know that you're going to be doing so much more i know there's going to be a lot more coming out and of course i'm still crossing my fingers for that one day you know the the adventures of the rock of fire explosion whether it's a youtube red channel netflix you know I, i'm going to hold out for it yes yes i i totally think that there's going to be a day that that will happen that was one of our dreams one of the many projects that we had started in the early 80s and um it, in fact that list of, of adventures and projects that we started is almost too long to list but on that on that list is a movie a full-length feature movie that would actually be a good movie not one of these crummy movies <laughs> that, that sometimes guys like me come up with but um, a really good movie, like like Disney comes up with, you know, <laughs> something Disney would be proud of. And, um, yeah, we, we definitely will do that. And you know what? By coming together, by the fans coming together, um, it will happen because there will be a, a very talented person who is also a Rock of Fire fan who will know how to put the pieces together and who will communicate well with me, and and we're going to do it. I, I will definitely do it when I meet that person. Very cool. Well, it was our pleasure once again having you stop in, chat with us, and uh, you are welcome back anytime. And I know we're going to be looking above and beyond and into the future and so much more. So thanks again, Aaron, for once again for stopping in and uh, chatting with us here this week. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Oh, bright little star, though I'm light years away from her now, I can't help but to feel that somehow we're both wishing on you. I imagine your light in her eyes As she gazes up into the skies At this moment does she realize You are in my eyes too Oh bright little star Is she wishing the same wish as me That somewhere out in space there may be A nice planet for two Dancing under a star canopy And our favorite is you
Now on Diz Radio, it's Randy giving you the latest news on Disney's multimedia. Randy has you covered giving you the latest news on what's happening at the Walt Disney Company. Now on DizRadio.com. Recently, Star Wars Galaxy Edge will be opening in 2019. Yes, it's coming up really quick, and as well, with all the wonderful events happening around Star Wars, this is a great time to visit the Walt Disney World and Disneyland Parks. Disneyland will be opening theirs in 2019, and Walt Disney World will be opening theirs in fall of 2019. With all the fun Star Wars news happening, here's a little snippet that Disney announced about possibly using a lightsaber virtual reality argumented experience that will be soon to be coming to a hotel near you. Now, with the hotel, Disney is working on a special Star Wars-themed hotel that will be opening down at Disney's Hollywood Studios in Florida. With this, you're going to be experiencing wonderful interactivities, special foods, events, and as well as special characters we may, might find along the way. Now, with all the hush-hush details so far, Disney hasn't really announced anything related to their hotel. Of course, keeping things under wraps, and as well, it's a far galaxy away, we can kind of jump into what we, we can look at as an experience as a hotel guest at this special-themed hotel. With all the Star Wars events, and then you're looking to pick up a lightsaber, this is a one way that will enhance your experience while staying at the hotel if this possible uh, argumented reality comes to flourish. If you're familiar over at Disney Springs, Disney, if you're familiar over at Disney Springs, Secrets of the Empire VR attraction, this is one way Disney wants to add more virtual Star Wars experiences for us to enjoy. Now, the patent goes for the virtual lightsaber based on an augmented reality experience. Now, this one includes the venue of the heart processor, a memory, a lightsaber detector, uh, a display, and a VR application stored in the memory. Now, the hardware processor can be executed by the AR application to provide a virtual environment corresponding with the AR venue on display. Now, prior to that, it's been announced that this possible new experience with will with the lightsaber can interact with other objects within the room. Now Disney hasn't really f- fleshed out all the possible ideas, but this is a great kind of way that even using a lightsaber or any other special devices that Disney might release for merchandise can be interactive through our hotel staying over at the resorts in Florida. Now with the display venue being on a light detect, this will trigger an event resulting in interaction of an infrared IR light produced by the accessory utilized by the user with the surface within the AR venue, which stating the possible room or other sitting areas within the hotel. This hardware processor can be further executed by the AR application to identify a location of the light event and determines whether the interaction will occur based on an activation zone by possible opponents, other especially uh, special effects, and so much more. Now the list goes on and on as this special figure event. You can find the link over our Diz Radio's website and as well find more details of what's happening over Star Wars Galaxy Edge. You can follow the progress on social media, so much more. This is really kind of hyping up the new wonderful Star Wars. And if you haven't got a chance with, to enjoy the Star Wars events and Star Wars movies, this is a good time to kind of watch one of the best movies out there. So pick an episode that you think is the best, do a little uh, Google research, and uh, take it from there. Uh, you can always ask our Disney experts here, the community, to for also for other feedback. So that's all. What's your favorite Star Wars movie? 
Let's throw that out there. Favorite Star Wars movie episodes? Okay. While that, with all the parks and stuff, what are you looking for? Are you going to be jumping into the Star Wars hotel once it's released? Or give it some couple years until the crowd hypes down? I don't know. I think it's going to be it's going to be explosive. It's going to be bringing a lot of interview for Disney, of course, and fun um, merchandise. And as well, all these other experiences that are going to be plusing more while over the years to come. And with all the wonderful virtual reality experiences, hardware and uh, devices that the technology industry has been bringing out, we can see more and more virtual reality experiences coming our way through to the theme parks. Of course, you can experience you can experience it over at Disneyland by the Void VR experience, and as well over at Disney Springs with the Strikes of the Empire VR experience as well. So a lot of things going on with the virtual reality experiences, and of course the tie-in with Star Wars: The Galaxy Edge. Well, this is Randy signing out for Disney Multimedia. Be sure to keep your eyes, ears, and senses alerted with the latest multimedia around you. Until then, may the Force be with you. Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. See? Wow! It's Disney On Demand! Dibs! Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. Okay, I'm convinced. And a little disgusted. All right, all of you D-heads, so I am back, and it was a fantastic romp here this week to kick off the weekend, get ready to go camping, and so much more. And I want to extend a very special thank you once again to Aaron Fector for stopping in, chatting with us, taking that trip into the future, into the past, and of course for all the great memories of the Rock of Fire explosion, among many other things. I'm excited to see what's happening in the upcoming year, Aaron. I mean, truly, it is going to be a blast. I'd also like to thank the D-team of Aaron, Alexa, Randy, Frank, and Dominic, all stopping in here this week with their signature segments. Without you, there would be no show other than me rambling week in and week out. And remember, all of you D-heads, you can always connect up with the D-team on our official website at DizRadio.com. Just go to the D-team page, drop them a line. They don't bite. They might be full of wit, wisdom, and fun, but they're not going to bite you. And most of all, thank you, the D-heads. You are the reason we continue to bring these shows to you every single week, eight years and counting, and so much more. You are the reason that we come here with the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney. So thank you, the D-heads, for all of that as well. Now, before I clue you in as to who's going to be stopping in here next week and I head off for our camping trip, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z-Radio.com. There you can find our fullest of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com. You can also connect out with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash DizRadioShow. That's D-I-Z-Radio-S-H-O-W. You can also join our D-Wire Disney discussion group on Facebook as well. And you can also join the Diz Ninjas. If you're looking for that mental health, physical health, weight loss, just being active, maybe you love running, walking, martial arts, sword fighting, you name it, this is the group for you. And you can find us on Facebook as well. Just search Diz Ninjas, D-I-Z Ninjas. And if you can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places, just search Disney On Demand. Disney Blue, or Diz Radio, all of which are going to help you find our fun, unique, quirky, magical, different kind of Disney show. And if you want to stay connected every single week, yes, I say this week in and week out, all you have to do is go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Search Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U, or Disney On Demand, all of which are going to help you find our show. You can hit subscribe and get the latest shows as they get released on your iPhone, your Android, the tablet of your choosing, the listening device that you want to. Listen to it in your car, your cubicle, share it with your family, your friends. 
It's that easy, and you can subscribe through iTunes and Stitcher Radio. And if you can't remember any of these links, just go to DizRadio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com, and you can find all these links there as well. Now, all of you D-Heads, we are gearing up for a great weekend, right? Everybody has the extended holiday. It's Memorial Weekend. We're having fun. A lot of great things. Next week, we are taking a trip into somewhere special. Let's just say it has to do with a place with Cinderella's Castle. It has to do with somebody that oversees much of that. Somebody that has some answers that they got to tend to. Like, is there going to be another nighttime parade? Why are we going to have Tron in Tomorrowland? Among many other things. I'm going to leave it at that. So until next week, all of you D-Heads, have fun, make magic, make the memories, and so many other things. And like myself, I'm going to go out, lead the simple life, and just have some fun for this weekend in the woods, making those memories with my family. So take that time, slow down, and never neglect family for business. Until next week, all of you D-Heads, have a fantastic and memorable weekend. Watch yourself, Henry! Uh, uh, uh. Whoa! Well, would you look at that? Hey, don't this show smell bad enough as it is? Why, showbiz. Say, I've been trying to break into the theater all day, but you keep a running me off. Hey, go easy on the skull there. Uh, how about you just uh, sing along with us? All right! It seems all this recreating and vacationing and tap dancing's just too much for this old country bear. Yep, just give me the simple life. Well, lap on the farm is kind of laid back. Ain't much an old country bear like me can't hack. It's early to rise, early in the sack. Thank God I'm a country bear. Well, a simple kind of life never did me no harm. Crazy family working on the farm. My days are all filled with an easy country car. Thank, Thank God, God I'm a country bear. Well, I got my last drop. The old gentleman's son's coming up. It's on the fiddle. Not paying nothing but a fun party riddle. Thank God I'm a country bear. And skunk. <laughs> <laughs> when the work's all done, when the sun's set low. Come on, the fiddle is rising up the bowl. The kids are asleep, so keep it down low. Thank God I'm a country man. I'd taste that a good and all day if I could. But the Lord and my wife wouldn't take it very good. So I fiddle when I can and I work when I should. Thank God I'm a country fire. Thank God. Well, I got my life down here too. When the sun's coming up, I got kids on the riddle. Life ain't nothing but a funny, funny riddle. Thank God I'm a country fire. Folks, the Country Bear Vacation Hoedown. Hey, let's sing another one. I'm just getting warmed up. Ow! Come on, we gotta have us a little talk. Thank God I'm a Country Bear. Say cheese. Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.